Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 18 of the Kennel NRL podcast. Uh, so a bit of a change for this week due to some scheduling uh, issues. We were scheduled to have Paul Langmark on, but we're going to have the big man on in the next couple of weeks. Or anyway, we'll keep you posted. Um, but back to the podcast. Dibbo, thank you for joining us today. Uh, always a pleasure. Looking forward to today's podcast to discuss a few things and obviously the fallout from State of Origin. Plus, uh, Big fallout from State of Origin. But look, while, while we mentioned State of Origin, I have to say uh, I've been getting absolutely roasted online about my Game 2 prediction. So I said it was going to be 28-18 to the Blues. Obviously, that didn't happen. It was, what, 32-6 or something like yeah. that. The Blues got absolutely towed up. Um, and look, keep it coming as long as it's appropriate. Um, but I have to say, I was a horrible prediction on my end. And look, for me, my argument, or in my defense, I was just trying to be positive and, uh, you know, back back my team. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a New, proud New South Welshman, still support New South Wales, still wearing the hat. And hopefully, we can avoid <laughs> we can avoid a whitewash. Um, but just before we go on, I'd like to give a uh, call out uh, to young Jackson, who listens to the podcast with his father. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a passionate doggy supporter. Keep your head up, Jackson. We're going through some tough times, but I guarantee you we're going to be a lot better uh, in, in the few years. And you're going to celebrate some big, big Bulldogs grand finals win sooner rather than later. So keep your head up. Keep listening to the podcast. And thanks for uh, thanks for watching. Now, Debo, there's a lot uh, that's happened over the last uh, week in, in rugby league, not least of which is uh, obviously the, the fallout from State of Origin Game 2 where the Blues got absolutely demolished. Yeah. Um, and can I say, what a demoralizing win uh, by the Queenslanders or demoralizing loss for the Blues. Um, absolutely unbelievable, um, I guess. And, and look, not, 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 not to pick on uh, good old Bradley Fitler, but I, his, his lack of, I guess, strategy or game plan was sort of laid bare for everybody to see, throwing Cook uh, into the center position where he could have put Cam Murray. Um, you know, Cookie out there for 80 minutes. Our attack was stifled. Our defense was obviously uh, not gelling with him there. It's just unbelievable that, you know, that was allowed to happen. I don't think there was any game breakers um, chosen in the New South Wales side. They were uninspiring, to say the least. I didn't agree with his team selections on a large scale. Um, hence why I went Queensland by, I think it was 40 to 12. Um, you could see it coming. And I, I still think Queensland will do a whitewash because just what we've seen from Fitler in the last five or so years on his team selections, I mean, I still think he's going to stick with a lot of the incumbents. And I still think the ones that he should be telling him, look, tapping on the shoulder, he'll stick by him saying, oh, he's given us long service. Well, the writing's been on the wall for a while now, basically. That some of these players should have been tapped on the shoulder a while ago, to be honest, I, I, either they, I just think that some of them have just declined or just oh, give, aged Give overnight. me three that you think should have been tapped on the shoulder. Tedesco's, um, that's it. Yeah. That's, I mean, don't even afford him a swan song. Um, what, you want to afford him a swan song for another mediocre performance and, and uh, risk a whitewash, even at club level. Um, you could see it from last year as well. Um, he's got the same style run, try to squeeze through the gap. He runs that dipping uh, run, uh, running style. He cups a lot of head highs, and I think it's due to his own running style. Um, he's one of them has got to be tapped on the shoulder. Um, Turbo probably shouldn't have been chosen. Um, just probably should have given, been given time off this year. Um, Latrell, two games in a row, wasn't right. Pulled out at the 11th hour. That really disrupted the team. 
Um, so Teddy's one of them that needs a tap on the shoulder. Um, I think Frizz, I think his time's come up. That's the second one that needs a tap on the shoulder. Um, yeah, I would have said Cookie, but um, he had no choice, basically. I, I, I think it was good. The only good outcome out of that, I thought, was he blooded Robson. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just some of his forward selections. I mean, Uta Kamano, 14 minutes off the bench. What was the point of putting him in the squad? Yeah, game one did the same thing with uh, with Nico Hines. Um, you know, p- potentially, you know, traumatized these players in in big moments and and getting them on there, not giving them the ability to actually perform. I mean, is he, yeah, you're right. And is is he a motivator of a coach? Because if that was Wayne, after a bad performance, he would have, you know, he would have them up. Yeah, would have would have put a rocket up their ass and told them perform. I'll give you an example. Justin Hodges on debut. If you remember, he threw the ball twice in the end goal, loose pass, twice New South Wales scored. And, you know, you think Justin would have been banished into, the into you know. Mediocrity. Into, yeah, into oblivion, in the state of origin, oblivion. Look at him come back. I think he was part of 10 series wins. One of the, one of the yeah. Queensland greats. Yeah. You know, it was, I mean, that was all due to Wayne. Wayne brought him back to Brisbane and just got him motivated, got him going. And he never looked back. How do you think Mitch Moses went? Uh, look, he tried his heart out. I uh, can't really judge him because, I mean, in that first 20, I know they only scored one try and everyone's going to be really critical of him. I mean, did they re- look, did him and um, did him and uh, Luai correlate, gel together? No. I mean, unfortunately for, for Moses, the forwards laid absolutely no platform, no go forward for him. So you, I can't be really critical yeah. of him, to be honest. I know we only scored one try. I mean, everyone can just put, uh, the only thing I can really criticise from that is I didn't think him and Luai gelled. For some reason, the ball kept going to Cook a lot. He's out of position. The ball's going to him a lot. He got a lot of ball. He did get a lot of ball. And one thing I realised about Mitchell Moses and Jerome Luai was they were running too close to each other. They, yeah. There was no, like, there was More no proper sideways. shape. Yeah, and every time Mitch Moses would sort of get on the outside, Luai was very close to him. I don't know if that was... Poor game plan or just poor strategy or they didn't combine. Um, but I, I felt like there was a lot of attacking opportunity that was stifled because Luai was running too close to Mitchell Moses. Look, I was I was a big supporter of Luai um, and I thought, you know, he needed to be chosen this season, especially outside Nathan Cleary. I mean... There was no straining of the attack. There was just nothing. I, I, just I, too sideways. Queensland can just easily shift. And, and they did easily shift. It was, it was very predictable and it was, you know... It, 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 I wanted to see some 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 heart, you know, some some pride. Even if you were to lose, but they didn't lose. They got absolutely destroyed. Our, New South Wales had nothing. Our forwards run half-hearted in the line. Look, I know I know Payne Haas is the immovable object, but I've never seen him run into the line fiercely. I mean, I'm going to give him some criticism. I mean, people can blow up and whatnot, but just a throwback. Remember how the likes of Paul Harrigan, Paul Sirinan, oh, yeah. Glenn Lazarus, Ian Roberts. Um, they need to go back and watch some of those Luke tapes. Luke Bailey, Jason oh. Riles, you know, that Brent Cott. They used to absolutely fling themselves into the line. And you got Payne Haas. I mean, he's big, but, you know, okay, you make your eight metres, ten metres, but you're not exactly scattering him, you know. I mean, he's very hard to put away, like as in, you know, deck or stop him making metres. But yeah. it, can you imagine if he ran with fire in the belly? He'd, he'd absolutely monster him with some of those runs. Like, He's not know, running with fire in the belly. Lindsay Collins came on for, what, 30 minutes. It was man of the match. He absolutely- Ruben Cotter's half their size. He runs with fire in the belly. Ridiculous. Uh, I just, yeah. I mean, it's 
it just seems like it's a systematic thing at the moment. And, and the only reason I'm 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 going after Payne Haas for criticism is because he's the leader of the pack. He can I do mean, better. He can absolutely carry the whole side, inspire the whole side. He's the most talented of the whole bunch. I expect more from him. Yeah, I think I think our attack took a massive dip, uh, not having Cook there to interchange with Reese Robson. Like Reese Robson had to play eighty minutes at dummy half on debut in Suncorp to try and, you know, level the series. There's just a lot expected from Reese Robson. Um, and I, I still don't understand why Cam Murray wasn't put at center. He's done it before. He's got good lateral defense. Um, and he's not he's not a slouch by any means. I, I think he would have broken the line a few times. To be honest, it's not even just breaking the line. If 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 they were able to defend some of those easy tries that Reese Walsh put on, um, I think that the Blues maybe don't get towed up as easily, maybe don't lose confidence. But, but look, ultimately, obviously, I'm not going to blame Cookie. I think Cook can hold him his head up high um, because he tried his absolute hard out, played in a position I don't think he's ever played in before. Yeah. Um, no, no, Nothing against Cook. I think he did very well. I can't, can't talk he crap about his heart. That's one thing I'll give Hook. He tries his heart out. I think Tedesco's lost his shape. Um, I know he runs that roving role, but he seems to be getting away a lot more in the play. Player's way is attacking black hole. I think that yeah, that's and then he runs into a yeah, is that and then he runs into tries to run into a hole, but there's two players there plus his teammate. Trying yeah, to hit that yeah hole, that's right, right, that's right, that's right. Dude, what's going on? But I think the other thing with Teddy is that, and, and we've known this for for a few years, right? Is that I feel like he doesn't like passing the ball. They figured him out. Queensland just got used to him now. They did figure him out, and the fact that he doesn't like passing the ball means that he's not as fast as he was, probably not as strong as he was, um, and and and. Queensland's defense was on point, so there needed to be more from fullback. There needed to be more. Like if you look at Reese Walsh, right, the speed that he provided, the, the 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 running around, the the targeting Cook. Like that's the other thing, right? You know, Queensland was able to change their strategy and their game plan on the fly. They knew Cook was there. They knew he wasn't a good defender at center, and they went for it. And that's what what blows my mind is the Blues don't seem to be able to do that on the fly. It's like, okay, you have to go out and play this way and if it doesn't come off, keep trying, keep trying. Like they tried to go to Cook how many times? You know what? New South Wales, they need those forwards that wear their heart on their sleeve. You know, that's what they need. (sighs) I know, I know. They need those forwards that hate Queensland. That's what they need. It's just, I just, I really hope it's not, I just really hope it's not a whitewash because that'll be so embarrassing. But look, to be oh, honest. I think it's going to go that way. But to be honest, I have to say, Billy Slater is a great coach. For him okay. to be able to do what he's done, it's incredible. And and he's only been coaching now. He's only coached, what, five games? He gets the best out of his players. Yeah. So if he, if he, the more he matures as a coach, the more he matures and learns his role as a coach, he's just going to get better and better. And that's scary for New South Wales. Because where does New South Wales go from here? If we get rid of Fitler, who comes in? Is Cleary back next game? No, nah, he's out. He's out. And yeah, he's out for still for another six weeks. Oh, what? That long? Yeah, he's out. he was out for six weeks from after. So he'll miss Origin 3. Yeah, he'll miss okay. Origin 3. Um, but he's not even our problem. So who do you get to replace Fitler? Jeff Tuvey? Well, he's, got, that, he's got passion. Because um, New South Wales don't want a club coach. Um, so I know Hasler's off the market now. Yeah, he's uh, we'll coaching Gold Coast, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff Tuvey was part of that dominant era on 90s New South Wales. He was halfback a few times, a few times he was hooker. So he knows what it takes. It doesn't take, um, doesn't take, um, doesn't take shit from anyone. Try to avoid using that word, but yeah. Um, I, I mean, Jeff Tuvey probably brings some heart to the role. I just, 
I don't know if Jeff Tuvey is the answer. I, honestly, I don't know at the moment where New South Wales go from here. It last year, um, you know, wasn't as bad of a loss as this year, but it was still a, a pretty bad loss. And then this year, it's you know, it's looking like it might be a whitewash. And surely Fitler and his team can't be retained. Surely. Oh, of course not. Surely there needs to be a change. They need a white knight. I mean, similar to what happened with Queensland, because I still and I'll quote you. Mel Meninga's words after New South Wales had gone three in a row. This is after 05. He came out, uttered his disgrace to the papers, came out and said, New South Wales, they saw, they conquered. That's quoting Mark Antony. They saw, they conquered. And Mel Meninga just took over from there and I think he won eight in a row. Yep. You know, he was just embarrassed by this New South Wales dominance. Well, I mean, to be honest, this one series, if you look at the 2020 series, that was probably the most embarrassing series New South Wales has ever lost. That yeah. uh, that in 1995. I think those two series are the worst series New South Wales have uh, ever look, lost. 95, I'll give them, I'll let them go because what happened was the Super League players weren't allowed to play. New South Wales' Super League players were far more superior than Queensland Super League players, hence why they weren't allowed to play. There was the contract saga then. But 2020 was, yeah, against the worst Queensland side ever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how we lost that was incredible and I think that was enough to show that Fitler will easily be outsmarted by a better coach. And Wayne Bennett just had it all over Fitler in that series. And I think 2021 was more of an anomaly than anything. Um, 2021, it was just Turbo and Latrell were just absolutely on fire and they won it for us. But you look at um, when it comes down to uh, winning it under pressure, Blues don't have that. We don't have the the drive, the heart, the you know, the like individually, I think there's a lot of good players, but as a team, like it's a team of champions as opposed to a champion team. And I think Queensland is a champion team, right? You look at players that will go back and play for their club, don't play as well, but they, you know, and they come, they play for Queensland, they play out of skin, like Talongi, right? He saved on this series, he saved like five tries. Oh, Nanai plays, oh, kills it as well. Nanai, um, Lindsay Collins not playing gro- you know, particularly great for the Roosters, plays for Queensland, plays out of his skin. It, it, it's just, yeah, it, as a, as a New South Welsh man, um, I need to, you know, I want to see more. You know, I was, you know, sitting there watching it with the boys and I was just, this is, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, embarrassed. Like, what the hell is going on? You would expect that. Um, you go up there and, and, and you know, they, they, they laid the gauntlet and, you know, we're going to go up there, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We did nothing. And, and that's what, like, boggles my mind. Like, Queensland are a great team, but when, like, the New South, New South Wales team isn't that bad. Right, so there has to be a change. It's just I don't know where this change comes from. I don't know who the, as you say, the white knight for the Blues is. Like, do you bring in someone like a Paul Harrigan, maybe? No, I, I don't think he sees himself as a coach. You can probably bring him in as a motivator. Yeah, you could definitely have him in and around the team. But you know, like some people are saying, oh, Andrew Johns. I think Andrew Johns is more of the same. I don't, I don't see him being great for the Blues team. He's at his time. I think he's been around the side for a while now. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he, he's. Uh, he tries great. to coach him things that he used to do, yeah. but. I mean, those things only he could do because only he was capable of the way he's just, you know, thought over the game. You know, people saying Matty John, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's been around coach. I don't know. I mean, yeah, again, it's 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 one of those things where it's very disappointing. It's very, very disappointing. I'm hoping we they come to New South Wales and we give them a bit of a shellacking just to restore some pride. But That'd be nice. Uh, it'll be nice. But uh, honestly, I'm not going to make any predictions. I will make prediction. The week before, but I'm not going to make any stupid predictions now because yeah, I honestly, don't know. I feel I should blood a lot of players. There's nothing wrong blooding a lot of debutants. I mean, it's for the future. Mm-hmm. If he thinks of giving some players a swan song, like for example, also 
Uh, Junior Paulo is always another one that I don't see bending the line. I think he can keep up with the pace of State of Origin. He's another one. I forgot to tap on the shoulder. What so, about Josh Adokar? I mean, there's no go for it. We want Josh to do the ball wasn't the ball was coming his way, but it was only stopping at Cook, and Cook was getting the ball ready with the defense in his face. What yeah. do you want Josh to do? Yeah, fair enough. Everyone's being highly critical, but what do you want Josh to do? Yeah. Give him a center that's gonna put him away. He's gonna use his extra pace, of course. Ado's Adokar's there to finish off a line movement. He's a finisher. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting. Even- I um sorry to cut you off, but it's interesting. I find um Adokadishi's actually been better playing <laughs> Behind the dogs than he has for New South Wales because he just hadn't hasn't had any opportunity. Yeah, you can't blame him basically. So, yeah, look, I think I think Teddy Teddy's time is up. I think Teddy was, uh, and I, again, I'm not trying to single anyone out. He's it's, had a great run. Had a great run for five years. Was what you know the best player, but now I think it's it's time for him if he doesn't get moved on to say I'm done. I think to be honest, um, but you know, there's a few knocking on the door like Dylan Edwards for one. Josh Drinkwater or Scott, Scott Drinkwater. Isn't sorry. Scott Drinkwater a Queenslander? No, he's a New South Welshman. He's from the Central Coast. No, I think he could do well. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's a ball player as well. He is Look a at ball him player. North Queensland. He's been doing it for a number of years. He was in Melbourne's system before. It was very impressive and on the Melbourne weekend. He didn't well. want to lose him, but he had just he had too many. He had Munster, mm. he had him. He had Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen, yeah. He's just got a few. He, Nico he, Hines. Pappenhausen would be all. a great fullback for the Blues. He would all. add so much to the Blues attack. Nico Hines deserves a run too. He deserves to, if he's not going to come in at halfback, put him in at 5'8. Uh, even at fullback, he would have been. Oh, absolute, he would. He's yeah, capable. He'll be a killer at fullback. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that game was 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 quite very very disappointing. Now, um, a little bit a little bit more happening uh, in the rugby league world. Um, yeah, very eventful last week. Yeah, even but today. I, but I guess the other thing that that's been and and now it's well, I want to talk a little bit more about the doggies. Um, go the doggies. Go the go the mighty bulldogs. Um, and just just to point out, generally we do uh, record our podcasts on Tuesdays after um, Team List Tuesday comes out. Um, but but this week uh, there will be um, Eid or Adha for those who celebrate. And so we're filming it on a Monday night because tomorrow and the rest of the week we're quite busy for those who celebrate oh, Eid. I get to train the Barilla under eights tomorrow. <laughs> Lucky you. Free, yeah. um, so we don't have, we, no, we're not exactly going to go through the team list, but it's, I don't think it's going to be very much change. I think our Raymond Fatala Mariner will probably be back. He played for New South Wales Cup on the weekend. He had a good run. But it's interesting, Phil Gould's been, um, yeah, what's he been posting? Having some, uh, some back and forth with, with, um, fans, with the fans on Twitter. And I, I just want to discuss a couple of things that I thought were quite interesting. I, th- I think you fans are very, you Canterbury fans are very blessed because he must be the only director of football that, interacts with the fans on a regular basis, on a daily basis, if anything. You don't get any other club's director of football or any sense of management that, you know, um, basically speaks to the fans and gives them some insight. You are very blessed. I was actually thinking about that earlier today, just about just sort of mentally preparing. And I agree with you. I think that um, it's 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 very lucky for us fans to be able to ask questions and him responding Um to the fans and, and it gives fans insight into the club and, and how they how they're traveling. So uh, first, uh, um, uh, he he gave his 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 uh, his input on the Sharks game. Yep. Right. So his he so this is what Phil Good said about the Sharks game when he was asked um, 
you know, what he thought of the Sharks game. And he said the Sharks game was always going to be difficult. It was a perfect storm. We had players unavailable, others not quite ready or underdone. Uh, we were up against a full-strength top four team who played really well. Um, and that's life uh, in the NRL these days. Um, Good response. He said as a team it was poor and a real struggle, but it's a bad day, not a bad life. Saying better days ahead. You know, he's spot on. Some will see that. Unfortunately, you still get a few that won't see it that way, but that's a good response. I think I think it's a, it is a good response. And it was sort of what we were talking about last week when, after we sort of were speaking about the loss to the Sharks. Um, I do think that the Bulldogs will come out a lot better this week, better prepared, more well-rested. Who do they have this week? Knights. At home? And at court. That's at home. You yeah. might pinch a win there. Look I up. mean, Newcastle beat – I mean, Newcastle lost – Penrith missing, I think, eight regulars. If you saw Christian Rose comes into the uh, <laughs> I saw that. the Bella, oh, Newcastle lost to Penrith. They're missing eight players. <laughs> that was quite funny. <laughs> it was just it was been good. giving Newcastle stick ever since. Um, you know, they asked Phil what he thought uh, we're doing better this year compared to last year, and he thinks that we moved the ball a lot more than last year. Um, Mick Potter's still there, still doing a great role as uh, assistant coach. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's saying there is no coaching problem. He's saying that the Bulldogs know what the issues are and they're working to resolve them, right? So in terms of things... Hey, look, like, he, he's got a plan. He doesn't... He, he's got a plan. He's going to stick to his guns. I mean, whether you're, whether he's going to go along for the ride or not, he's not made that his concern. He knows he's got to action his plan. And when it comes to fruition, he'll have the last laugh. It's going to be a long-term plan. Yeah, it's just you. trying to convince or keep everyone... On that bandwagon. It's about keeping laser focus on, I guess, the goals. Because someone asked him, um, you know, short-term pain for long-term fa- um, long-term gain, but the, the fans are impatient. And, you know, his response is, look, no one likes being in a losing situation. Oh, hands down, yeah. It's been a very difficult period. The Bulldogs have tried quick fix solutions and it hasn't hit the mark. And it never really does. We are in a long-term program here that hopefully provides long-term sustainable success. That's the plan. The football board have been very supportive of what we're doing. They're heavily invested in the program. It's a difficult time. Um, and it's a difficult time to start to try to renovate a club's roster, but we have to start somewhere and we've started, is yeah. what he's saying. Good. Which I think, to be honest, as a fan, it sort of says to me, look, it's not going to be easy, but you stick it out and you'll reap the rewards. And, and to be honest, I know it looks bleak this year, but I don't think it's going to take as long as fans think. I really don't. I still think you'll have a good last six weeks of the season looking at the draw. I'll still stick by that. I know the next four or five weeks is tough. But I think last six, week, six weeks you guys will finish with a flurry. Look, if we can be competitive, honestly, if we can show progress and, and, and be competitive, that's all I really want, right? We might be able to jag a win or two, um, you know, uh, uh, definitely surprisingly. Not our, yeah, definitely not out. Right, it just yeah. means we need to be, uh, we need to be on, on, on the ball and, and you know, um, hopefully uh, – just be competitive. That's really what it is. Um, and, and, yeah, he, he, Phil Good's also saying all the gun players that we've signed, everyone that's come on board, everyone that's coming on board, um, they're there to help turn the ship around. No one's bailing. No one's even thinking about the the, the situation we're in. Everybody knows Seraldo has a plan, Gould has a plan, and, and, and it's being worked towards. So everybody's fully committed. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's great. It's great, and I think we'll see a big turnaround. Um uh, against the Knights, uh, you know, can we win? I think it's probably the most winnable game of the next five or six that we have coming up, them and the Dolphins. Um, he also mentioned something that I thought 
was really interesting. He said that um, someone asked him about Dean Pay. He said, we have the same problems now that we had when Dean Pay was coach. And he said that while he wasn't there, the problem started way before Dean and that Dean wasn't a bad coach. Oh, definitely not. I think Dean Pay was a great coach. Didn't have the resources. Didn't have the support. Didn't have the the full buy-in, I think. And he had to do with a roster that was heavily back-ended contracts, I believe. Very heavily back-ended, yeah. Um, so I'm glad he's pointed that out because I don't think in any way Dean Pay was the problem. Um, now they asked him. They said, "Okay, so the Dolphins um, aren't haven't been in the competition even a whole season, and they're a better team than us. You know what's what's the situation here?" He said, "While the Dolphins have done amazingly well, they started with a vacant block of land, whereas the Bulldogs need to knock down and rebuild, yeah. which I think is a great." Uh, uh, analogy to sort of help us understand what what is happening. He's and he's right because we have a lot of issues where it comes to balancing salary caps, balancing team. Right? Do we overpay? You know, because like for example, Luke Thompson hasn't played a game uh, and he's he's on eight hundred fifty nine hundred thousand dollars. I think he's gone. I mean, if he's going to stay, it's going to be like severely reduced salary. Yeah, I, I think so too. And he's getting big offers from the UK. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at St George either. And they need a few middle forwards. I'm not saying that's a bad thing for you guys, and you know, but look, needs to start somewhere else. I think. I, I think um, we'll get on. To, we'll get onto the the dragons in a minute. But I, um, you know, he, when he did play, he did show some some uh, some signs of of strength. But it's it, just unfortunate. He's just been too injury yeah, prone. He wasn't look. He, he wasn't spectacular for you guys. So it's not a bad thing that you know if he goes. You know, like he's, he's getting yeah, money freed I, up. I don't think it's a bad thing either. There's, I don't think. There's about three or four quality forwards on the market. It gives you guys extra leverage to sign one or two of them. Yeah, I agree. You just need those extra one or two season forwards in your forward pack. No, I agree. Um, now, in terms of uh, one more thing that I think is really exciting, and, and, and this is the type of, I think, development I like seeing from the Bulldogs um, uh, Viliami Kikau is recently in Fiji for a coaching clinic and he started yep. a, uh, a, a, an, a, an NRL development arm over there for in Canterbury. Fiji for Canterbury. Oh, yeah. That's so good, man. They're players. Did you, they're so talented, these Fiji. They're very, very talented. Yeah. And they've signed two young, uh, two young guys to the Bulldogs, to the Bulldogs development contract, hoping to build them up into the NRL. Wow, matter of granite, those guys. Absolutely. And look, I think. This is what excites me about the future. This is what I like to see. Okay, so we're not winning yet, but when you see just the amount of development that's going into the juniors, I think it's great, right? I think it's great. Um, also, throughout the week, it was confirmed that uh, Jake Avrilla will be leaving to the Dolphins, which I think was uh, quite disappointing. I was very upset with the fact that Jake Avrilla is leaving. And um, as a Bulldogs fan, he's a junior. Um, he was showing some speed. He was wow. showing a lot of potential. He was one of our only sparks this year. But I, I also want to level set here a little bit, right? What Phil Good was saying was that he got a really, really good deal from the Dolphins and the Bulldogs weren't able to match that good deal. Okay. Right? And he was saying for the future prospects to ensure that our salary cap is balanced, to ensure that we are um, using uh, the money wisely, it was best to let Jake Avrilo go. And I can guarantee if Phil's got in the back of his head that he will get him back someday, provided, obviously. Look, he's he's a Bulldogs junior. You'd always yeah. love to have him. I wish him all the best at the Dolphins. I'm sure he's going to kill it 
Um, he under Wayne Bennett. Oh yeah. He'll he and Christian Wall. I think he's gonna he's gonna be one of the best centers in the game. I wouldn't even be surprised if he ends up playing for the Blues. I, I I'll say it. Yeah, I mean it's not beneath, it's not beyond him. He can also double him. up as a utility. He can definitely double up as a utility. Jeez, they're gonna have a strong center pairing next year. Him and Herbie Farnsworth. It's gonna. Oh, it's gonna I reckon it's gonna be one of the best in the game. It's yeah. it's incredible. Uh, him and Herbie Farnsworth will be, and you know, a lot of speed, a lot of ability. It's. Uh, you know, it's great. It's great. It's great for Jake Avrilo, and uh, I wish him all the best. I, I, honestly, at none, you know, he's one of the guys that I hope goes on to flourish it because he has a lot of potential. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of the Knights, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Bulldogs are going to come out um, raring to go, and they're going to win. I'm going to say by six points. Oh yeah, I mean a win's a win. What do you reckon? It. Yeah, I want to. I want to back Canterbury in this one mm. by eight. Yeah, I just want to back Canterbury. I mean, I mean. Or everyone will point, oh, no, Newcastle will get them, Ponga will get them, but I reckon Canterbury can jag the wing at home. I think They'll we can be up for it. They want to be mm-hmm. making up for that Cronulla performance. And the Parramatta performance before that. Yeah. So. Um, uh, just on kick out, he's back in four weeks. Maybe sooner than that. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's round, this is round 18. They're saying round 20. He should be back, 19 yep. or 20. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll see Viliami back on the bench, just yep. playing a little bit. I mean, that adds a lot of experience to our pack. Um, you know, with Raymond Fatala back, with Kikau back, um, we can start to build again, right? And I think that's what we're lacking, that experience. Um, uh, and hopefully, you know, Max King's had a rest. He's sort of back in back in some, some sort of uh, good shape. Um, you know, Chris Patolo gets a bit more time. Franklin Pelé. Uh, look, I, I don't think we, we, I don't think we're too far off the mark. Um, we have had some bad games, but as we said last week, it was it was a culmination of so many things happening that sort of got got doggies to where they are. Now, um, moving on a little bit from the doggies very quickly. Um, so a couple of things have happened Abs- out of absolutely nowhere. The <laughs> Dolphins. Announced that Titans, Titans. Sorry, sorry. The Titans announced that they've signed Desi Hasler from 2024. Ooh, the villains back. Canterbury yeah. fans are boiling. The no, no, back. no, no. To I be know honest, some Canterbury fans were, were there's blood started boiling. So there's going to be a bit of rivalry, I reckon. Oh, there will be a little bit of rivalry, but I think um, w- what I think is very interesting about this is nothing in rugby league is ever kept a secret, and the Titans managed to keep this a secret. Yeah, you know and. Poor Justin Holbrook had no idea. He was called into a meeting at nine thirty in the morning and he's told, "You're finished." Yeah, that was that was, that was so strange, man. I was actually impressed. Yeah, um, the fact that they were able to keep it. Um, well, in fact, even Mel Meninga, who works with the Titans, didn't know. Didn't know, and he's questioning now his future at the club because he didn't know and he wasn't consulted, which is, I think, you know, it's very interesting uh, how the the, Dol- the the Titans, sorry, were able to pull off that coup. To be honest, and and, and look. Kudos to them. I think you've got to go about your business um, yeah. in a way that, that best suits your club. And, I, you know, if there's Hasler can get the results, then I think good on them. I'll, I'll, look, I'll give credit to the new owners as well. Um, they obviously shrouded in secrecy, managed to, you know, get Hasler under the nose of everyone. And on top of that, by 2030, they want to win two premierships. So they're very ambitious. Um, they're going at great lengths. Um, you know, it's, it's straight. I mean, it's laid in bare. Hasler comes in, Ben Hunt's linked to him, so they've been making some serious moves in the off season. And you know what? During the season, their right core team's not that bad. I actually, no, no, don't they've, think got they have, they've got a good forward pack. They've got a great forward pack, just and not firing as much. As if you look at, they've got they've got um, 
They've got Preston, not uh, Jaden, Jaden Campbell. They've got AJ Brimson. They've got uh, Tanner Boyd. They've got um, you know Tino Fasuma Laawi, uh, Mo Farawaka. They've got, they've got, they don't have a bad team. I, I reckon it was justified to move him on. I mean, they, they actually got some very good backs. They got a strong forward pack. I just think they're misfiring. I know they're sitting ninth, but for the talent they got, you can kind of like say. Yeah, they were sitting ninth, but look at the talent they got. They are misfiring. If you look at Holbrook's win rate, it's about 38%. Yeah, spot on, right? And and that's the- like 80-odd games? Yeah, and he said, oh, it came completely out of the blue. Well, to, to be honest, if he wasn't aware that it's starting to get- it, He's he's starting to get a little bit long in the tooth at the tight end. Maybe that's it's sort of a little bit his fault. Too, not, too comfortable. He's had four seasons. He yeah, he's. I think he got a little bit too comfortable. And you know, someone like this has to go up there and 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 make some changes and be the mad scientist that he can be. And, and look, I find it very interesting that. At the same time that they were trying to sign Des Hasler, the rumblings are about Ben Hunt leaving and wanting to go back to Queensland started to pop up. Yeah, and that he he's going to sign with the Dolphins. I think if you think if you look Titans, at Titans, Titans, but yeah. So why do I keep saying Dolphins? I'll tell you why because Gold Coast originally were meant to be come That's back right, into the NRL as the Dolphins, and then Redcliffe sued them. Yeah, yeah, Titans, Titans. I got to keep saying Titans, but um, yeah. So for the Titans to, uh, to to be making these moves, I think you know it's 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 not a bad move. Um, which is which is quite interesting, but it's also a good segue to talk about uh, Ben Hunt. Yeah, it's a today yeah. the the Dragons have denied a release request for Ben Hunt. Oh, it's just weird. I was looking at their press release. I mean, so and he aired his grievances and all that. And they got all the players and staff. So you just read the press; they they're not releasing from his two and a half final final two and a half years of the contract. So what, is he going to see out the two and a half years because he spoke afterwards or are they just going to give him to the end of the year and try to work out, you know, who who can we get compensated back from the other team he goes to or who can we get to replace him with the money freed up before they agree to release him, which is probably the right thing to do because uh, imagine letting him go with no compensation, no player replacement in the middle of the year. You're literally opening yourself up for a shellacking for the last 10 rounds of the year and a wooden spoon, which they're almost there anyway. I think to be honest, it's not. It's, I don't think it's it's about this year or the wooden spoon. To be honest, what I think it's about is the Dragons are trying to play hardball, right? Because yeah. if if he goes to the Broncos this year, for example, the Broncos aren't going to compensate them for only having him three or four months. Exactly, it's not really worth it for the Broncos. Hit the mark. Um, but if they can hold on to him for this year and then they re- and then he signs say twenty four, twenty five, let's say with the, with the Titans, right? They would say to the Titans, okay, you can have him, but we want. Mo Farawaka and AJ Prince. Tina Farmer, Soalo. Whatever, right? Whoever whoever it is, yeah? Yeah, you know. Tino. He'll be, he'll be great, to have, but they're not going to let their captain walk, right? Right? They're not going to let Tino go, but there are a great number of players that I think the the the, the Dragons could do with from uh, the, the Titans, yeah? And so I think the Dragons are playing hardball because they know that they have all the leverage, and for them, if they if they play the hardball, they know they can get either monetary or player compensation by letting Ben Hunt go. If you let him go now, you lose all leverage. Oh, you, you, you lose all mark. control. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better. You hit the mark. And I th- and to be honest, to be honest, I think I think the Dragons should uh, should uh, stand their ground. I don't think they should let him go oh, without any compensation. I just thought, look, let him go, but obviously don't rush themselves into it. Obviously, work out your options. What's yeah. the best? You know, get money. Um, either do a, a player swap with them. Obviously, yeah. not like of what you need. Basically, of value. Yeah, yeah. Um, if not, um. 
you give him end of the year, go around, shop around for other players off contract for that money freed up, yeah, make sure you got them locked up, and then tell him you can go. Agreed, 100%. And the thing is, Shane Flanagan's a shrewd operator. He's not just going to let him walk without getting some sort of a leg up to start next year. Because Ben Hunt with with the Dragons and new coach and Shane Flanagan, I think we'll do a lot better this year. Next year. I mean, you're spot on, but just reading that press re- release, it's just confused me. Yeah. Exactly what you said. And then also, has Flano, is he going to sit out? Is he going to now stick with the Dragons the next two and a half years? Because it made it look like Flano sat him down and turned his mind around. I don't know. We'll find out anyway. Yeah, look, it, it'll all come unravelling, but yeah, I, I think mean, that's what they're trying to do. I don't know. I just didn't see it as a bad thing. He doesn't want to be there. I thought, you know what? Dragons can go out and recruit maybe one half. There's a few good young halves coming through who I think deserve to be a halfback at another NRL club. And I think you know, they need two middle forwards. Yeah. They've released Josh Kerr plus the money they can get from Ben Hunt. I think it will stabilise the side. Two middle forwards agreed. plus a half. No, agreed. And then forget, like, you guys have Jaden Sullivan, you have Talatau Amon, or if you guys want to buy another 5'8", to- they're looking oh, to get rid of Toby Sexton. I, I, I mean- definitely think they need another half to put pressure on them too, whether it's Toby Sexton, whether it's Braden Trindle from Cronulla, yes, Dan Nichols, <laughs> Southo Dan, or whether it's um, Sam Walker from the Roosters. And look, um, Braden Trindle, too good to be a reserve guy. I agree. I agree. Sam Walker, I mean, he's given us two and a half years of showing us what he can do. Unfortunately, he's out of favour at the Roosters. But he's only 20 years old. Whether that's justified or not, not. I don't know. But he's he's done well the last two years. And he got Toby Sexton, who's played finals football, and he's very capable. He played finals. He's a very capable Capable. I mean, you know what? If he's not going to be a starting half, at least he's going to put pressure on Amon. I think Amon needs to step up. Sullivan performs. It's Amon that needs to step it up. Well, if you look at. what the, what, the, what the Titans did, they got rid of uh, Jamal Fogarty because they thought Toby Sexton was the future at seven. Hasn't worked in their favour. Well, Toby Sexton is still very young. I still think he has a lot of yeah. uh, potential. He's I been d- superseded by Tanner Boyd. I think Sexton's more capable than Tanner Boyd, but yeah. Tanner Boyd has been having a dig. So uh, Tanner Boyd's great. Uh, I, I, look, I think um, if you have Ben Hunt at seven, Tanner Boyd at six, or if you have uh, Ben Hunt at seven and uh, good old Foreign there at six, what I mean, what a, what a, a half five eight yeah. combo. Right Definitely. for the next couple of years. So look, it's looking um, it's looking quite fresh for the Titans. Um, yeah, it's looking good. And look, I'd love to see the Titans win a competition. Um, they haven't won one yet. Uh, you know, I, I want the Warriors and the Titans and the Dolphins. Anyone hasn't won yeah. a competition, I want to see them win. I think right? I think I think we need the Warriors and the Titans first because they've been the bridesmaids for too long. Yeah, that's right. Oh, mate, the Warriors. I'm all in for the Warriors. I mean, it looks yeah, it's obvious the Bulldogs the aren't going to win it this year. I, I mean, and they had a great win on the weekend as well. Um, you know, they uh, yeah yeah. Look, a new coach always does wonders for you. I mean, Ryan Carfus in George came in and was I think he's won two. Yeah, in four games, or yeah. they won two and three at one stage. But but the thing about the Warriors is that they're playing as a team. Their forwards are performing. Their backs are killing it. Dallin Watteni, Zelezniak, and um, and uh, they're playing with belief in as a team. You're right. And Montoya absolutely killing it. Uh, and you know, Montoya's proof. Look, um, player might not thrive at his junior club. Agree. But if he goes to another club, different environment, um, less pressure on him, they'll thrive. Yeah, and Montoya's he is. like he's killing it. He's like an, you know, he's irresistible force on the field every game. Yeah. He's giving you 300 solid metres almost of of running and he's scoring. And and uh, Dallin Watin Zalesniak, I mean, he's, he's gone sco- from strength to yeah, strength. He's, he's scoring freak. He scored four tries on the weekend. Oh, he scored four? Yeah. So he's, what, 14 in seven games since he's come back? Something like that, yeah. That's freakish. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, and, and look. Uh, I'm so I'm so glad that the Warriors are doing well. Um, I, I and look, you, you, a lot of the talk now from even diehard rugby fans is that in New Zealand, 
They want a second team. It's the rugby league. It's the, the New Zealand Warriors that are starting to make all the noise. Hardly anyone, and I'll make, you know, I'm an avid follower of the Super Rugby, but a lot of people in Australia just hardly even knew the Super Rugby final was on. Yeah. Even think, in New Zealand, the ratings were down. Yeah, and rugby league ratings are up in yeah. New Zealand, which is, you know, the NRL needs to do something with that. They need to capture that hype at the moment that the New Zealand Warriors are building and use it. Have Magic Round there next year or something yeah, like that. I totally agree. There or Perth, I prefer, I don't mind. There or Perth, move it away from I'll, Brisbane. I would go. Honestly, I'll book I, my tickets I would tomorrow. love to go to New Zealand. That would be, be amazing. Wonders. What a weekend that and would I, be. And I reckon they should... Um, let the Warriors enjoy momentum for the next three to five years before they think of introducing a second um, New Zealand side. Let yeah. the Warriors, you know. Perth, Perth. Whoever's watching out here that and makes any decisions, go straight to Perth. Oh, you know what? I read something in the paper today. Newtown Jets want to be. And yes. you know, that's great. I love it. It's I a, love they got it. A, they got an established Sydney fan base. It'll make help and wonders because if you look, I know I'm going to change codes, but the Sydney Swans. They originally came from South Melbourne. That's right. So they had a they had a um, established Melbourneian fan base, and it's worked wonders. Yeah. Same thing with the Brisbane Lions. Perth, Perth Jets, I love it. Yeah, it's got a good Perth ring to Jets it. Jets sounds amazing. I thought Perth Sharks sounded amazing. <laughs> Southo Dan, but you know what? I, I don't mind. Perth Jets is good. But you know the other thing that Newtown Jets will do for Perth is it will give them a, a feeder club from New South Wales, and it will give them already about five to ten thousand minimum memberships more, from Sydney. More, I'm, I just, I'm just saying minimum. Yeah, they'll probably get more. You're right. And they play games. They'll probably play a few games, maybe two games at Henson Park. That would be incredible. Of course, I've played at that, that would ground. Be so amazing. Just, you get but isn't it a small park though? No, it's massive. How many can hold? 20,000, 30,000? It's a huge oval. It's got the one grand. Look, they need to rebuild the grandstand, but look, you don't even that you don't even need a grandstand there. It's an oval. It's yeah, a big yeah, oval. Yeah, You'll get 20,000 easily. Field, yeah, yeah. more. That would be such an incredible. The parking's going to be a real bitch. Sorry, I said the <laughs> word, but yeah, parking's going to be a problem there. But look, if you go there, you'll see Johnny Jet or Johnny Trad. He'll go on his uh, tricycle and he'll just ride around the whole oval. Johnny Jet, yeah, know, the, well, the yeah, famous Johnny Jet. What you're referring to is the Newtown Jets have actually made contact with the Perth government because the Perth government has also been doing a feasibility study on actually backing an oh, NRL I fully Perth support team. It. I would love Mate, that. Honestly, if Perth come the in, blue bags keep the colours. Oh, keep the blue bags. It'll be amazing. And Perth have, have traditionally been blue anyway. So uh, the Western nah, Force, for they example, went, they weren't blue. Well, the Western Forces, for, yeah, for example. The, the Perth Reds originally. Oh, that's right. They the wanted Perth to Reds. revive the Perth Reds, but you know what? Perth Jets amazing. kept the blue bags, kept the same That'd be song. amazing. It'll, just, it'll be so good. Honestly, it'll be so good to or see call that. call them the, the, new, the Perth Newtown Jets, if you want to play like Manny Whatever, whatever man. Perth whatever, Newtown. Whatever. I like the ring to it. Perth whatever, Newtown, just, love the ring. It's just the idea of uh, Newtown uh, Jets uh, going in together on a bid, I think not only strengthens the bid, but excites everyone. And that's such a feel good story. It gives us such a, it gives a connect. Cause yeah, as I was saying, like, so Perth, the Perth government is doing a feasibility study because they know how much revenue it could drive for the state if we, they had a team there. And right? they got, they got guaranteed income coming from the Sydney fan base. Exactly. It's, it makes a lot of sense. And I honestly, I wish, I really, really hope that's what happens. That, that's my hope. I think that, you know, if we have a team in Perth, we can say we truly are a national rugby league. <laughs> You know what? I don't. I don't think Perth would even need to take their home games from there to um, Henson Park. I reckon they should try to coerce maybe two or three Sydney sides to have their home game at Henson Park. Oh, but I mean, even if they were to have one or two a year at Henson Park, just one or two, two games a two year, two would be good. That'd be incredible. Like Belmore Sports Ground. Yeah, absolutely. Although I'd like to see more games there. Yeah, I look, I would too. But Perth, up the stadium in Perth is incredible. Oh yeah, world it is class. one of the best stadiums in Australia. Amazing Watching uh, people that have been there have said that it is just unbelievable world to class. watch. Yeah, so 
uh, you know, there's a there's already a stadium there that is perfect for rugby league. They've got um, you know, Henson Park. They want to win one or two games in the future. I just think it makes a lot of sense, and he's hoping it works. Um, so you know, also today it was confirmed that uh, Luke Brooks has signed with Manly for four years. Yeah, um, Josh Schuster's that out came of- out of left field, eh? It did. There was there was a lot of rumblings that the Bulldogs may have signed Luke. I Brooks. mean, it's just weird that Daly Cherry Evans, someone of his caliber, playing with Luke Brooks. I think Brooks will have to play five eighth. But you got Schuster. I think he wanted to go to Tigers. They turned him down. You got Cooper Johns there. You got um, young Jake Arthur, who I think probably end up back at Parramatta in the off season anyway, um, or somewhere else. It's just a strange one. I mean, Anthony Seabold. Like, I think I think what Anthony Seabold's trying to do is. Depth. Build build a team that he wants. Right. Right. Now hopefully it's a soft one. <laughs> Come on, Manly, get that wooden spoon. I'll tell you what it is. Um I think Luke Brooks will flourish. Oh, I hope he's changing teams. I mean over a decade of playing first grade two hundred plus games. The, the weight of the world on his shoulders. I mean, they keep bringing it up to him. He's never played finals footy. It'd be, it'd be nice to see him break the duck. Yeah, and, you know, and, and go far, and you know, just get you know. Do you know why I think it'll be so good, right? Because if he's there alongside DCE, he doesn't need to control the game. Let DCE do the controlling. Let him run. Let him do his do his like magic. His- if anything, he'll take the burden off DCE. You know, DC's got to do it all himself, so DC gets to sit back a little. It's and, true. And Brooks can chime in. But, but I mean, DC can can control the game without needing to oh, do all yeah. the miracle plays yeah, and course. let Brooks run wild. I, I think I think it could be could be a recipe for success. Um, He's obviously, got an established passing and kicking game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it looks like Josh Schuster might move to lock or be on the outer because he's not a 5'8". He's very talented. Yeah. He's very, Look, but he's, I think he needs a new club. His his defenses, like on the weekend, some of those defensive efforts from him were. I wouldn't be surprised if Des takes him up to the Gold Coast. I think he, I think Des will get the best out of him. But where do you put him? Lock. Be, oh yeah, and I think he likes defending or playing in the forwards. He's got to abandon. But he's like, a big boy. He needs. He's got to, to abandon that and go to the forwards. I think. I think that's what needs to happen. Um, they've signed also Tommy Talao. Uh, the Manly Seagulls yep. signed Tommy Talao, um, Jackson Paulo from the Roosters, Jackson Paulo, yeah, from the Roosters. Who I think, to be honest, it, I think he can get a fair go. N- neither, neither the Rabbits nor the Roosters, I think, gave him a fair go. And I think I don't know what's wrong with Robbo. She's really uh, rubbed yeah. the noses off some of those players in the wrong it's, way. Yeah, it's unfair. Like, I don't think they've been bad at all. I, I, look, I agree with you. I think that um, um, he's trying to find scapegoats for the performances, and I don't think. But uh, it's just at the wrong time. Like it's neither Sam Walker nor uh, Jackson Bowler were, were to were to blame, and he hasn't got a look in since. Yeah, which which boggles my mind because you know the first five six weeks he actually played really well, and people were like, "Oh, the Rabbitohs have lost a good one," and now he's just it was looking spectacular. Uh, no, it's, and it's yeah. I don't know. The Roosters are a bit of a shambles, which is good to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, I think that bling- brings us to the end of the podcast. Man, Anything you want to talk about? You know about? what? The, the last ten rounds is hotting up. The oh, finals. Parramatta's good. coming good. North Queensland's coming good. Wow, what a win on you the know, weekend! You know, like some sides are still unpredictable. The Wooden Spoon race is hotting up. Wow. I think the I think those bottom three sides will will see Im- immense improvement. They might put pressure on Newcastle. Um, they might. I didn't, uh, O'Brien's under pressure as well. I'm from Newcastle. He might lose his job as well. Look, let me tell you something. I think Newcastle needs to get rid of O'Brien. I, I will never forget. 
one press conference last year where when they were losing, they he said, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've accomplished? Like as though he's some hot shot coach. Who was he? Just uh, Bellamy's assistant yeah, or Bellamy, Robbo's assistant? Yeah, Bellam, Bellamy's underling. So he was the, he was the guy that holds the bags? He's, he's, uh, the bag, he's, bag yeah, that's, he's a bloody water boy for Bellamy. So it was the, the, he, was, uh, he was just holding the bags for him. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I think that- uh, No disrespect, sorry. I think New- back. Newcastle's got a great team. And the fact that they're not achieving is is quite telling, I think, of the coaching situation at Newcastle. They do need a new coach. They need a coach that can get the best out of them, that can mentor a lot of the young players. But a lot of those, like, a few of those players want to leave and then they want to put the fire, so up, oh, we're not signing Bradman Best, oh, we're not, he's off contract. Like, you hear these rumblings throughout the year, you know? Remember they didn't want like half a dozen players. Even Frizzell was up for sale. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is the coaches, the coach and his team and their management, right? Something needs to change there. But didn't he, isn't he the one that signed them all to bring in? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think he's. I think he, Bradman best leaves and needs to leave Newcastle as well to to thrive. I think same way that I think Lomax needs to leave. Look, George I, to thrive. I, I don't. I don't think Bradman best has been that poor. I no, just, he hasn't. He hasn't. I just think he's got. He's not reaching near his potential. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. way I look at Lomax. He's got ability. Whether he's just stagnating at St George, their, their first grade material. I think they'll thrive elsewhere in a different environment. I actually think Lomax will thrive under Flanagan. Lomax well, reminds me a lot of Jack. I Bird. actually called for him to be, you know, like what's to go with him today. I wouldn't mind seeing him go, but a lot of people tell him give him a year under Flano. So yeah, look, I'm happy to see him a year. If but you, they've if, got to make. If you remember call. how much um, Flano was able to bring out of Jack Bird in 2016 when they won the grand final. Well, he's back now. Yeah, so I think, you know what, I do think that um, Flano can get the best out of uh, yeah. Lomax. Um, and, and look, he, he's still, like, he's still in it there, there or thereabouts. Um, but, yeah, Flano's got a big job, but I, I, I would wait before you get rid of someone like Lomax. That's, that's before you call for, to get rid of someone like Lomax. And for God's sake, Peter Doust, answer Matt Cooper's bloody calls, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go the Cooper. I love Matt. I don't know the whole backstory behind that, but... Yeah, look, Cooper hit the mark there. The the, the edge defense was yeah. horrendous. Yeah, I think that's not the first time it's been like that. Sheen just called them out on it. That they 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 were they let in I think six or seven tries on the wings on the weekend. Horrendous. Two to Montoya, four to Selesniak. You know, I think hopefully Flanagan makes a tough cause and does cast out half of those half a dozen backs that are on the fringes. We absolutely lack speed. Anyway, no one cares about St George as you normally say. <laughs> so, are we going to end, uh, end the podcast? I think yeah. I think we're done for today. Thank you again. Just for look, great. everyone, please do subscribe to our channels. That's your line. Oh yeah! Make sure you like and subscribe. Leave comments in, uh, down below if there's anything that you like, don't like, any comments, any requests. Please be sure to like and subscribe. Um, follow us on all our socials. I'll be at Shark Park on Thursday and I might be at Aqua on whenever they're playing. All right, let's do it. Maybe we'll do some uh, Phantom Bulldogs Fan TV. Let's let's get onto it. All right, guys, thank you so much for for tuning in once again. Uh, We will have guests coming up. We will be having Paul Angbank on in the next few weeks and some other very, very big guests um, uh, to fill that void. Thank you so much once again and we uh, wish you a great week. I hope your team does well, whoever you support, and Aid Mubarak to those celebrating. Adios.